Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to another Disney at Play podcast. It's only been a few days since we shared an enormous slate of activities and things that were going on that were keeping Disneyland from reopening. Well, big news today, as the state of California has finally declared, after all of these months, what are the new conditions by which you can actually reopen theme parks? And that criteria, if played out, will probably mean that Disneyland will not open this year, possibly not for many months to come. So this podcast looks at that uh, set of guidelines that have been issued. We look at these new tiers, their conditions. We'll identify those implications, take a look at how the state of California may have erroneously come to that conclusion, how Disneyland and others have responded to the news, and what implications there might be for Walt Disney World. You'll definitely want to join us, whether you're a Disneyland fan or Walt Disney World fan, this has implications because of the situation with COVID. And especially as we see cases going up around the country and even other countries that are considering closing back down as a result of COVID cases coming up. We don't want to see that happen, but notwithstanding, let's take a look at the news and be sure to check out our notes page, which has many of the um, diagrams and um, tiers and different things that uh, we'll be describing during this podcast. Let's start with the new conditions uh, created by the state of California for reopening. California has declared that Disneyland and other major California theme parks, so we're looking at uh, Universal Studios, we are looking at Knott's Berry Farm, we're looking at the Six Flags parks. Remember, we talked last week, the SeaWorld and Legoland and um, the zoos have already been allowed to reopen, but the big theme parks have not, uh, technically, although they're not even considered theme parks, they're considered uh, zoological things or small so it's very been very confusing already out the gate but they have declared that they that Disneyland can reopen at a 25% capacity but it must reach yellow on a color tier offered by the state this is the least restrictive level and requires that the number of new daily cases and the positivity rate of those tested be significantly lower than what it currently is. So you have four tiers. The first is tier one purple. And that means you have um, more than seven per 100,000 people testing um, po uh, positive every day, or, or no, uh, with, uh, with COVID. And then you have a positivity rate of 8%. With tier two, you have what's known as the red zone. It's considered to be substantial. What that means is, um, non-essential indoor business operations are closed. Under the purple, it says many non-essential indoor business operations are closed. It means in red, some non-essential indoor operations are closed. Any rate, number of new cases daily, about four to seven per 100,000 at a positivity rate between five and 8%. Remember that number, because we're gonna come back to that much later in the podcast. Tier three, is a moderate orange. That means some indoor businesses operations 
are open with modifications. And that comes if you have one to 3.9 per 100,000 people and a positivity rate between 2% and 4.9%. Then you finally have tier four. Sorry to go through all this, but this means this is the minimal level. They don't have a green level and Newsom explained that really we don't have everything can do just what you want it to do going back in order. Uh, so at any rate, that's a little confusing. The highest tier is the minimal or yellow level. This is the level Disneyland must get in. It means most indoor business operations are open with modifications. And to get that, you have the number of new daily cases has to be less than one per 100,000 people. And the positivity rate has to be less than 2% of those um, tested. Now, here's where the news gets really, really bad. Orange County, which is where Disneyland resides, is now at the red tier or tier two. It has some 4.6 new cases per day per 100,000 people, and it currently resides in a 3.2 positivity rate, which actually, the latter puts it in the orange, but the number of new cases per day keeps it in the red. Um, it's in the red. Remember, it's gotta go to the orange tier next, and then finally to the yellow tier. So you gotta go up a couple of tiers. By the way, San Diego County is in that same tier. Again, this is labeled as widespread, but all the other counties in the surrounding Los Angeles area are not in the red. They're in the purple. They're back at number one, level one. This is also um, um, labeled as uh, widespread. I'm sorry, I said, I said um, widespread for San Diego County, and it's actually substantial is what it is for that. Um, long, long and short is, it's really hard for a megalopolis like Los Angeles. If you've not been in LA, the whole thing is just one big city and it extends from LA well into San Diego County moving south, even goes north a little bit. And then it goes west quite a bit into San Bernardino County, which is also in purple. And so it's just really hard for one county, for if the other county's gotta be moving up, for one county to move up. You can't just go, you just can't lock down your county in LA by yourself and and hope that everything's gonna be fine. You really have to move the entire surrounding area to get to that, which is makes this thing seem really hard. Even more so is a key issue that you have to be at one of these shades consistently for three weeks before you can move to the next tier. So for Orange County, Orange County doesn't depend on LA County to move to another tier. It just is influenced by it. But notwithstanding, Orange County to get to a yellow tier has to go three weeks as an orange tier to be labeled significantly as an orange tier and to qualify itself to prove itself as then a yellow tier. So right now we're looking at six weeks before we can even get um, to that level that Disneyland could reopen. And that's assuming that, again, the number of cases, the percentage of those testing positive is going to continually go down over the next six weeks. That's going to be a hard order. And in fact, it one could easily say it, it it's a struggle as to... Um, 
as to whether this is even going to happen in the next several months. California has consistently battled high um, levels of COVID and uh, it's not gotten itself down and there is no evidence that it's going to do it quickly. So this makes this a very hard tier for Disney to get to. Now, the state of California has also made conditions by which when theme parks get to that yellow case, and by the way, small parks, I don't know if I've noted, noted this, small theme parks with lower capacities can actually open on the orange or tier three level. Um, so um, so that's kind of good for them, but but Disneyland's in the big, big boy uh, category. And they have stated that when Disneyland, when Disneyland and other theme parks open, um, that there has to be a limited capacity of 25%, um, that they may only open um, um, well, um, th that they have to be at a limited capacity of 25%. And then all theme parks have to implement a reservation system. That's really important. And they have to screen guests for symptoms in advance. Disney World has already been doing that. Face coverings mandatory through the park unless eating or drinking. So really, these are not huge requirements that the state has put in once you reopen. It's just that you have to get everybody else in the county to move up in terms of that level of um, positivity. So they're not requiring Disneyland. I mean, Walt Disney World has actually more mandates in place than the state of California is listing here. But getting to tier three, that's a tricky thing. They have also noted that theme parks are different than stadiums. And this is an interesting notion that I wanna talk about. They are saying theme parks in a higher risk setting because, well, there's a random large scale mixing of people. In other words, you're kind of moving around the park. You're not just taking a seat Whereas in a lower risk setting, you're kind of, you know, you got your ticket, you got your seat, you're going to controlled large scale mixing, you're going to sit down one place, maybe you'll go get a popcorn or go to the restrooms, but largely you're not mixing around all day. Then they noted the difference that tens of thousands of visitors come from a broad geographic base, where they say thousands of visitors come from the same geographic base. In other words, people coming to a Dodgers baseball game or a Lakers basketball. Well, that actually, that's that would be um, an indoor. We're only talking outdoor. People coming to a Dodgers uh, baseball game um, are generally people from the immediate area. And there's not as many of them, theoretically, at least if you were at a 25% capacity. Um, those in the higher risk setting, i.e. the theme parks are visiting for a number of days, whereas those at the stadiums are visiting for a number of hours. Um, there is, in the high risk setting, uh, promotion of mixing and congregating, whereas, again, you have pre-assigned seating main, maintains physical distancing. Um, you have many frequently touched surfaces. You have fewer frequently touched surfaces, surfaces in a stadium. And then significant impact on surrounding sectors um, and it's funny because they have done on this diagram again it's in our notes page each bullet point 
addresses the other bullet point. But when we get to this last one, significant impact on surrounding sectors, what that means is, is that the gas station nearby, the restaurant nearby, the retailer nearby is going to be impacted by people when they come to Disneyland. They're going to take up a hotel, you know, space. They're going to go to these kinds of um, places. They don't mention that for the outdoor stadium. Instead, they say, oh, it's easier to monitor compliance at seated events, which is a whole different different issue. Um, it's, a, it's a valid issue, but it is a different issue, and they're not talking about the significant impact on surrounding sectors as it relates to outdoor stadiums. I'll tell you why that's important in just a moment. By the way, only Orange County residents will be permitted into Disneyland when it reopens. Probably it'll extend to other counties that share um, the same tier, um, but doors will not open to people outside. Um, pe uh, doors will not open uh, to people outside the state anytime soon. So if you're like me and you're wanting to go to Disneyland, you miss Disneyland, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Um, but on the other hand, it makes me wonder, um, like, are you making these same expectations of the cast members? that a cast member working at Disneyland can only come from the same county that has the same level of risk. If you are coming over from, say, I, uh, I mean, Pasadena to come to work at Disneyland and you're in a LA county or another county, are you prohibited from coming to work? So I, how are they monitoring that? I mean, technically, even an executive like Bob Chapek or Bob Iger who lives um, in another county shouldn't be allowed into Disneyland until that county has um, come to the same tier as Orange County. So so again, there's some just some questions and issues there. Um, so um, it was Galley who and Health and Human Services Secretary Dr. Mark Galley um, that shared all of this news. It was not Governor Newsom. He was completely kind of out of that um, event that shared all of this. And, um, and Galley talked about visiting, quote, with theme park operators to understand what the plans were, how those plans might guide our own decision making. We also had the opportunity to send a small team um, to some of the other uh, theme parks in other parts of the nation, and they came back with lots of valuable lessons, some of which we were very reassured by. They were great management of how lines were managed, keeping separate groups apart while in line, while on, on a ride. Really great lessons learned there. Okay, let me just stop before I could I, I include that. First off, um, I'm not sure that when they went to Walt Disney World, they ever met with any theme park operators. Or if they went to Universal, they met with operators over at Universal. I have not heard anyone say from um, from Disney or Universal that, that they met with park operators. So that's a flag in my my mind. Um, it, has, it also says we sent a small team to other parks in other parts of the nation. 
I didn't hear that you went anywhere else than Central Florida. So what is other parts of the nation? That's a flag in my mind. Um, and then he goes and says, hey, we learned some really great things about how they separate people in lines and, and so forth. That was really good. Then he says, but also some things that raise concerns. And this is what he says. The level of mixing, even without masks, that seemed very random and concerning to us. Now, so those different areas of information were really assimilated and guide us, guided us as to where we landed um, with this guidance. Okay, let me just stop here and again ask, where at Walt Disney World or at Orlando, you get to mix without a mask? You can remove a face covering while you have stopped and while you are dining, but there is nothing that allows you to mix with others. The only place that might be occurring is outside the parks. And that's kind of where we're going really quickly with this. He then talks about the two differences. He notes, uh, he states the issue of visiting for a number of days and tens of thousands of um, visitors from a broad geographic base. And he notes um, that the significant impact on surrounding, quote, the significant impact on surrounding sectors, whether that's the hotel, the hospitality industry, restaurants, other retail in the community. People may keep their guard up while they are in a theme park, but when they are milling around the community, they may let their guard down, and that may be just enough to create outbreaks and transmission risks that California just doesn't want to see. End of quote. So, um, that's, that's a big flag to me. Because in truth, um, what I'm hearing from his presentation is there is little the galley reports that he has in terms of trouble with Disney or with how theme parks are running. His largest issue is the surrounding area around Disneyland or around theme parks where tourists will congregate before and after they visit the parks. Well, that is an issue here in Central Florida. We have a lot of folks coming in from other states. We have a lot bigger mix. And, and I am concerned about how well people wear a face covering at Walmart. I've, talked to, I've said this from the very beginning. I feel safer at Disney than I do at Walmart nearby. So <laughs> I understand that sentiment. What I don't understand is why you're punishing the theme parks for it and not punishing those restaurants or retailers or other people for not doing it. The other thing I don't understand is you have already said you're not opening up Disneyland or these other theme parks to visitors from anywhere outside of Orange County. So people coming in from Arizona or Utah or Nevada, that is not going to happen for some time to come. It, it, there isn't even a place where you've noted when it will happen. And so, so why are you concerned with what happens when people leave the park? They're going to be locals going back to their house. They may stop to get gas. They will be no different than those who are attending that baseball game. They're leaving afterwards and they're going back to their homes. 
And so why are you punishing the theme parks with a different set of requirements? I do understand, I do understand that it is different in an outdoor stadium where you are just going to a seat and sitting there by and large throughout the stadium, there's social distancing. But you stated no problem with social distancing in the parks. You stated no problem with social distancing in queues or anything that the parks have done. You, there has yet to be an issue stated about what is wrong with the theme parks in Central Florida. All you said is there's a problem with everything outside the parks. And that's not Disney's problem, so why do you punish them and Universal and others? Sorry, I seem so intent on this, but I think this is the the issue um, that that is, is at hand here. And then it gets worse. Galley, actually, when he made those remarks, he started by saying, quote, I just want to say a personal note of thanks on behalf of all of us in the state working with industry leaders, labor leaders, communities, understanding what the different factors are that go into these very important businesses so we can assure that our guidance is really leading California with science and data as it relates to the theme parks. End of quote. Sorry, I'm almost laughing. But really, have they? Because no one, no one out there in the community seems to be in alignment with the state of California, with Galley, with Newsome, with anyone. Disneyland themselves put out a statement um, today. We, quote, we have proven that we can responsibly reopen. And by the way, I, I, before I go into the statement by Disneyland, let me also just say that despite the fact that we have all these visitors coming and going, and that there are issues once you leave the park at the Walmart or the retailer or other hotels on 192. But despite all this, we still haven't shown scientifically that there's an outbreak. You are restricting Disneyland even more by saying only Orange County folks can visit the park at 25% capacity. So why do you have a concern when you have no data from Central Florida that proves otherwise? So anyway, Disneyland has said, quote, we have proven that we can responsibly reopen with science-based health and safety protocols strictly enforced at our theme park properties around the world, said President Disneyland President uh, Ken Potrock. Nevertheless, the state of California continues to ignore this fact, instead mandating arbitrary guidelines that it knows are unworkable and that holds us to a standard vastly different from the other reopened businesses and state operated facilities. Together with our labor unions, we want to get people back to work, but these state guidelines will help, will keep us shuttered for the foreseeable future, forcing thousands more people out of work, leading to the inevitable closure, closure of small family-owned businesses and irreparably devastating the Anaheim, Southern California community. End of quote. By the way, Disneyland mentions the unions, the Coalition of Resort Labor Unions, which, if you recall, back in July, opposed Disneyland's July reopening, uh, has had a change of heart, letting the governor know that Disney was listening to its employees and could demonstrate that it could operate the parks safely. Furthermore, Anaheim Mayor Harry uh, Sidhu shared that, quote, these guidelines fail working families and small businesses. As painful as this is, Disney and the city of Anaheim will survive but too many Anaheim hotel stores and restaurants will not survive another year of this. Many are family businesses. The jobs they provide support other families. 
we can safely and responsibly open our theme parks and convention centers soon, the unions of Disneyland Resort agree and support the reopening of theme parks in Tier 3, not Tier 4. So the mayor is not asking to go to Yellow. He's just asking, hey, let us go to, let us all reopen at Orange. Which would, he goes on to say, which would wipe out jobs in our city and destroy lives. Then Aaron Guerrero, executive director of, uh, of CAPA, which is the uh, California Attractions and Park Association, stated, to say today's announcement on theme parks is disappointing would be a grave understatement. The governor has not used science or data to inform his decision, meaning you haven't come to us for any data. We are a theme park industry and you have not come to us for data. So these theme parks have opened and operated safely around the world for months. Data and science prove that theme parks can operate responsibly anywhere there is no rational reason to believe they can't do so in California. No one cares more about park employee and guest safety than the parks themselves. Then it goes on to say, let me be unequivocal. The guidance issued by the Newsom administration will keep theme parks shuttered for the foreseeable future by forcing amusement parks to stay closed until their home country reaches, home county reaches tier four. The governor has issued a, quote, keep theme parks closed indefinitely plan, which will devastate California's theme park industry. I think you get it. He goes on to say a couple other things. You can read it in, um, in our notes page. Um, so nobody, nobody feels like they have had input into this. Nobody feels like the state has really looked at the data. Nobody feels a partner with the state of California. But boy, good news is, is that the health and human services leader has, has stated his gratitude that everybody has worked together to make this a reality. Not so. Absolutely not so. Now, that's all California. So many of you are just folks who love Florida. Walt Disney World, you want to come back sometime soon. What does all this mean to Walt Disney World? Well, if Florida were to go with the same color code and its attending requirements as does the same state of California, how would it fare? Well, this week, Florida just added more than 3,600 new COVID-19 cases on Tuesday. Over the last week, Florida has added an average of more than 3,000 new coronavirus cases a day, which is the highest number since Labor Day. Additionally, the 6.17% new case positivity in that same report is the highest in nearly two months. So here's the bad news. We've gone up. Now, where have we gone up? Largely, and the governor spoke to this, largely those numbers are increasing in South Florida. And to our state is, is divided. To say San Francisco is good and Los Angeles is bad is about the same thing as saying Orange County is good and Miami is bad. It's, there's a geographic distance between us. However, um, all that said and done, um, you know, Orange County, Osceola County, they're struggling a little bit too. Not as bad as the state is. Um, because the trend is really towards South Florida, not Central Florida. However, Central Florida's numbers have also risen but still not a bad number, according to Dr. Paul Pino, 
the state's top health officer in Orange County, Florida. He states that, quote, as long as we hover around 5% positivity, it is a number we can handle. Currently, Orange County's rolling 14-day average rate of positive tests was 5.3% on Monday, higher than in previous days and weeks. If, if we were to look at that number of 5.3, we would be in the red. If Walt Disney World was in California, we'd be closed if we didn't turn those numbers down around immediately. As the states, we tend to be in the area of orange, which is what Disney and others are saying is fair for reopening in California. Why can't they reopen in orange? Why do they have to wait? until yellow well this is another disney at play podcast my apologies that i seem very um opinionated on this in truth uh, i believe that it's really important that we be safe during covid i'm one of those guilty parties who who sees somebody else without their face covering worn property and i i'm tempted to give them the evil eye <laughs> and, and that's not the right thing to do we all need to make right choices for ourselves and we all need to be safe, not just for ourselves, but for others. And so I feel strongly about safety, but I also feel very strongly that that Disney is being played like a political football, just as I des described months ago would be the case. I do also think the governor in our state could be a little bit more careful. I think our numbers would be much further down if our if our governor took more um, uh, careful steps. Again, I try not to be political in my podcast. I'm trying to be moderate and thoughtful. And I do believe that the Disney theme parks at Walt Disney World have been a benchmark and an example of how businesses can reopen and still be safe for those who are healthy working there. There's no reason why we can't reach that middle ground where we're doing safe things in a safe way while still staying open. At any rate, more to come on this for sure. I, I really hope that this year we would be able to share something wonderful and positive about Disneyland. Doesn't look like it's going to happen this year. But I promise in our podcast to come, we're going to still share fun and wonderful things about the happiest place on earth. Because if you're like me, you hold Disneyland as a very special treasure in your heart. I have lived for 28 years in Central Florida and have worked for Walt Disney World and so grateful be part of the experience here in Central Florida but Disneyland was the park in which I grew up in and I really strongly feel that it is truly a unique and special place unlike any in the world if you've never been I really invite you to it to attend it just may not be soon <laughs> but that said and done thanks for joining us for this Disney at Play podcast as always, as we mentioned in episode 37, Alan Menken's words to Tokyo Disney's Sinbad storybook journey, always follow the compass of your heart, wherever you are, whatever you do. Have a great day. We will see you 
real soon. Thank you.